This is Plant-Based Briefing, Empathy and Affection in Chickens, an excerpt from The Social Lives of Chickens by Karen Davis at United Poultry Concerns. And I'm Marian Erickson, and this is the Plant-Based Podcast, where I curate and narrate a variety of articles on plant-based and vegan living with permission in about 10 minutes or less every weekday. And today's article is from United Poultry Concerns. I selected it to read today specifically because May 4th is International Respect for Chickens Day. It was started in 2005 by Karen Davis at United Poultry Concerns just to bring awareness to and respect for chickens, beautiful, amazing birds that are so incredibly abused and killed. There's about 25 million chickens killed every day. So listen to this episode to get some insight into these amazing birds. Now let's get to today's plant-based briefing. Empathy and Affection in Chickens, an excerpt from The Social Lives of Chickens by Karen Davis of United Poultry Concerns at upc-online.org. Through the years, people have asked me even more than whether chickens are smart, are they affectionate, toward people they particularly want to know. In this essay, I've sought to show the affectionate nature of chickens toward me. Because I don't just feed them, but I also talk to them and look them in the eye and express my feelings for them, the birds at our sanctuary gather around me and stand there serenely preening themselves, or sit quietly on the ground next to my chair while I read and chat with them. Chickens represented by the poultry industry as incapable of friendship with humans have rested in my lap with their eyes closed as peacefully as sleeping babies. And, as I've noted, they quickly learn their names. A little white hen from the egg industry named Carla became so friendly, all I had to do was call out Carla, and she would break through the other hens and head straight toward me, knowing she'd be scooped off the ground and kissed on her sweet face and over her closed eyes. And I can still see Vicky, our large white hen from a broiler breeder operation, whose right eye had been knocked out, peeking around the corner of her house each time I shouted, "'Vicky, what are you doing in there?' And there was Henry, likewise from a broiler breeder operation, who came to our sanctuary dirty and angry after falling out of a truck on the way to a slaughter plant. Lavished with my attention, Henry, who at first couldn't bear to be touched, became as pliant and lovable as a big shaggy dog. I couldn't resist wrestling him to the ground with big bearish hugs, and his joy at being placed in a garden where he could eat all the tomatoes he wanted was expressed in groans of ecstasy— He was like, are all these riches of food and affection really for me? One of my most poignant memories is of a large, black, beautiful hen I named Mavis. Mavis had been dropped off at a shelter by a man who had exhibited her at agricultural fairs. She must have spent her whole life immobilized on the floor of a cage with a keeper who treated her like an object. During her first two weeks at our sanctuary, Mavis could not even stand up without crumbling to the ground, and she was deeply shy and inexpressive. In the chicken yard, she sat alone by the fence and poked around a little by herself without showing or attracting interest. I saw no sign that she was ever going to recover from the emotional and sensory deprivation of her previous life. During this time, we had three adult broiler hens, Bella May, Alice, and Florence, They were the opposite of Mavis. All I had to do was crouch down in the yard, and here comes one of my three graces, as I call them. Bella May, for example, bumping up against me with her ample breast for an embrace. Immediately, Alice and Florence would hastily plod over on their heavy feet to participate in the embracement ceremony. Assertively, but with no aggression whatever, they would vie with one another, bumping against each other's chest to maneuver the closest possible contact with me, and I would encircle all three of them with my arms. 
One day as we were doing this, I looked up and saw Mavis just a few feet away staring at us. The next time, the same thing happened. There was Mavis with her melancholy eyes watching me hugging the three white hens. And then it struck me, Mavis wants to be hugged. I withdrew from the hens, walked over and knelt beside Mavis and pulled her gently toward me. It didn't take much. She rested against me in a completeness of comfort that seemed to include her gratitude that her shy desire had been understood. In my first years of keeping chickens, there were no predators until a fox found us and we built our fences, but only after eleven chickens disappeared rapidly under our nose. The fox would sneak up in broad daylight, raising a clamor among the birds. Running out of the house, I'd see no stalker, just sometimes a soul-stabbing bunch of feathers on the ground in the midst of panic. When our bantam rooster, Josie, was taken, his companion, Alexandra, ran shrieking through the kitchen, jumped up on a table, and could not stop shrieking, and was never the same afterward. The fox killed Paula, our big red rooster, who had so gallantly responded to my calls, begging him to, quote-unquote, save me from Ruby. I'm sure he was attacked while trying to protect his hens the day he disappeared. While I sat obliviously at the computer... It was too much. I sat on the kitchen floor crying and screaming. At the time, I was caring for Sonia, a big, white, warm-natured, bouncy hen I was treating for wounds she'd received before I rescued her. As I sat on the floor exploding with grief and guilt, Sonia walked over to where I sat weeping. She nestled her face next to mine and began purring with the ineffable soft purr that is also a trill in chickens. She comforted me, even as her gesture deepened the heartache I was feeling in the moment, about the painful mystery of Paula and the mystery of all chickens. Did Sonia know why I was crying? I doubt it, but maybe she did. Did she know that I was terribly sad and distressed? There is no question in my mind about that. She responded to my grief with an expression of empathy that I've carried emotionally in my life ever since. It is experiences such as this and others that I've described in this essay that have made me a passionate advocate for chickens. I do not seek to sentimentalize chickens, but to characterize them as best I can with the purview of my own observations and relationships with them. In the 1980s, I wrote an essay about an abandoned, crippled broiler hen named Viva, who, more than any other single cause, led me to found United Poultry Concerns in 1990. It is hard for me to evoke in words how expressive she was in spite of her handicap and despite the miserable life she had had before I lifted her out of her misery and brought her home with me. My experience with chickens for more than 20 years has shown me that chickens are conscious and emotional beings with adaptable sociability and a range of intentions and personalities. If there is one trait above all that leaps to my mind in thinking about chickens when they're enjoying their lives and pursuing their own interests, it is cheerfulness. Chickens are cheerful birds, quite vocally so. And when they are dispirited and oppressed, their entire being expresses this state of affairs as well. The fact that chickens become lethargic in continuously barren environments, instead of proving that they are stupid or impassive by nature, shows how sensitive these birds are to their surroundings, deprivations, and prospects. Likewise, when chickens are happy, their sense of well-being resonates unmistakably. You just listened to Empathy and Affection in Chickens, an excerpt from The Social Lives of Chickens by Karen Davis at United Poultry Concerns. And I'm your host, Marian Erickson, and it was difficult to read. I can't imagine experiencing 
the death of all those chickens under your watch. They have learned, obviously, and made their sanctuary completely predator-proof. The chickens have a beautiful environment. It's not just wide open pasture, which is not ideal for chickens. They have lots of bushes and trees that they like to go up into at night to sleep. You can look at videos on their website and get a peek at what the sanctuary looks like. There's one on their about page that's good. So that's upc-online.org. And today is International Respect for Chickens Day, May 4th, and the month of May is International Respect for Chickens Month. If you'd like to learn more about these amazing birds, I've done a number of other episodes I'll link in the show notes, but they're numbers 69, 204, 225, 232, 268, and 278. So please share this episode with anyone who might benefit, and thanks for listening.